Welcome to See You on the Other Side, where the world of the mysterious collides with the world of entertainment. A discussion of art, music, movies, spirituality, the weird, and self-discovery. And now, your hosts, musicians and entertainers who have their own weakness for the weird, Mike and Wendy from the band Sunspot. Well, Wendy, we played in another haunted venue on Saturday night, and I still didn't see a ghost there. I didn't either. There, there was there was lots of spirits. Yeah, but <laughs> there were, but no ghosts. Or maybe it was just being shy. I think the ghost was being shy. No, but sometimes we've heard about. Okay, so this is a bar we play at in Middleton, Wisconsin, and it's not even that old of a building. Is it that old of a building? You think? Um. Yeah, actually, it is. Oh, but then I am well, way off on it. How old is the building? The restaurant part, at least, I know that's the oldest part. Um, it's okay. one of the oldest buildings in Middleton. It's over a hundred years. Okay, so the the club tavern is over 100 years old, the building's over 100 years old, yeah. but the ghost is not over 100 years old. No, well, we don't think, if it's right. the person that people think it is. Yeah, the, so the, the bar owner actually thinks that he knows the ghost, and somebody who used to come in, hang out at the club tavern a lot, and would even help clean up and stuff, and so sometimes you can still see him cleaning and uh, brushing off the stage and stuff like that. Uh, even when there's nobody there. And we and so we've had people say that they've seen it in the cameras and stuff. Like they'll see it in the camera and then they'll come out and be like, hey, you drunk, get out of here or whatever. And then they realize they're just talking to us. So I always thought that was a fun story. And it, and I'm always hoping to have some kind of paranormal experience on stage. But unfortunately this weekend, it was not for me. Me neither. However, we did uh, do a good job of blowing out our voices. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did. It was an all night show. And uh, it was really fun. It was negative six degrees, so the pack up was a little tough. But otherwise, it was an awesome time in a haunted venue. And so yeah. we're always looking to play in more haunted venues. Definitely. So if you, you guys have any clubs in your town where you're looking for a little bit of rock and roll paranormal style, uh, we would love to bring it there. And then, uh, well, hey, we'll bring the K2s. We'll check it out. <laughs> and thanks to everyone who was at that show at Club Tavern, because it certainly was a very fun evening. Yeah, it was a barn burner. It so, was. okay. That was a lot of fun. And also, speaking of, and I don't know if these places are haunted, but we're going to try to make them haunted. Uh, uh, so we're going to be in Southern California. Wendy and I are uh, doing some acoustic duo action in Southern California uh, coming up on Thursday, January 25th and Sunday, January 28th. Wendy, where are we going to be at? On Thursday, we're going to be at McFadden's in Anaheim. McFadden's. Yes, we'll be in Anaheim for the NAM conference. And if anybody else is going to be there, please look us up. We'd love to see you. But we'll be playing yes. at McF- McFadden's. McFadden's, right by Disneyland. Thursday evening. And then Sunday evening, we will be at Silver Lake Lounge in Los Angeles. Excited so to check that place sunset. out. Yeah. So if you guys are in the LA area, come out and see us. We'll buy you a beer. Uh, both shows are free. Um, and then we're going to play our weird songs that we talk about on this podcast and stuff That's like that. Right. So it's Thursday, January 25th, 25th uh, right by Disneyland at McFadden's in Anaheim. And then Sunday, January 28th at Silver Lake Lounge. All right. So we had some music. We got some music coming up. Uh, haunted locations. We're going to keep on looking for them. And the two people we have on the podcast today, they host like events where they do ghost hunting together at different locations around the East Coast. That's fun. There's lots of those yeah. out there too. Right, because that's all. So we even talk about it in the podcast because Stephanie discusses growing up in a house built in 1792. So that's exciting and that's fun. That's awesome. And, um, and so you might have seen uh, Scott Porter on Ghost Asylum 
or Haunted Towns on Destination America because he's part of the Tennessee Wraith Chasers. Ooh. And he's the historian for them, and he lets us know uh, how the Wraith Chasers got together. And uh, Stephanie Burke, you might have seen her on Kindred Spirits. Yes. With uh, Adam Berry and Amy Bruni. And uh, we met them at the convention in Michigan this That's year. That's right. We? we sure did. And Adam Berry sang some songs for us. Now, Adam Berry has a beautiful voice. Yeah. He really, he was the man impressive. is. Impressive. Right, he's got like a. I could listen to him sing all day. At karaoke, he pretty much shamed everyone, every single right. person in there. Yeah, because he just it's went not up fair. And, you know, <laughs> sang some musical stuff, and it was gorgeous. And it was just like get out, like it, get out of here. Like you don't, you don't it just get amazing. to come, come in and do that. He's really a beautiful voice. But anyway, so you might have seen her if you watch Kindred Spirits. She's been featured on that show, and so Porter and Stephanie get together and they uh, go to different places around the East Coast, and they host investigations stephanie's a psychic and porter does like the history and the science and so he's got the meters and what they do is i think what's interesting we talk about this in the interview is that you know the investigation stephanie might be having a conversation with a dead person while porter is getting readings on the meter and he says that's kind of interesting validation uh and that's the kind of stuff you can expect to see at those kind of ghost hunts so we wanted to talk to him more about it and so joining us let's let's go right to it Joining us today, we have psychic medium Stephanie Burke and historian and ghost investigator Scott Porter from the Tennessee Wraith Chasers. How are you guys doing today? Doing great. How are you? Well, it's negative five in Wisconsin today, so uh, it's par for the course. <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're a popsicle, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's about what we expect over here. But anyway, thank you guys for stopping by. Um, let's just start talking about what got you guys, what I'm always interested in is what made people weirdos in the first place. So, I mean, I know what made me into a, like a professional weirdo. So what got you guys into ghosts and the paranormal and stuff like that uh, in the first place? Hey, th this one's got a great story and I love to hear it every time she tells it. All right. So yeah. I'm going to put her up first. I, uh, I was born a weirdo. So I don't know what it's like to be normal. And I tell people that all the time. Uh, you know, everybody asks me, when did you discover that you were a psychic medium? Or when did you know that you could communicate with spirit? And I have always been able to do it. My first and earliest memory of being able to see um, a spirit physically in front of me was when I was about 18 months old. And it wasn't until I was about seven when I lost my grandmother that I realized what I was actually doing because, you know, one minute I had her physically and then the next minute I could see her in a different form, but I couldn't touch her. I couldn't hold her. I couldn't really communicate the way that I used to with her. So that was like my first realization that that was definitely strange. Let's unpack that for a second because I okay. mean, I'm a guy that's never, I mean, I've seen a couple of weird things, but nothing, you know, like, not like, Hey, grandma's still here in the room or whatever. So yeah. when you first had that experience, what like you were, Looking at someone, and when you say they appeared in a different form, what kind of different form do you mean? Um, so different form meaning, you know, as you and I are talking right now, as Porter's sitting right next to me, there's a physical form. You know, I can sit here and, you know, touch his arm and, you know, feel, you know, something physical there. Um, but when I, I remember very specifically when I knew my grandmother was sick, she was diagnosed with small cell lung cancer, which takes you very fast. And uh, it was a very short amount of time that we had with her once she was diagnosed. And um, we knew it was even shorter because she was actually allergic to the chemo. So she okay. had to stop it. So we, we knew it was going to be uh, quick. And a seven-year-old doesn't usually understand those things. But like I said, I was a little weird. So um, I remember when my mom actually told me that she finally crossed over and she passed. And 
I didn't even let out one emotion because it was almost like she had been preparing me for it anyways. And then when it happened, I didn't understand what that meant because I could still see her. And she, you know, she, she looked like you and I, but just a little see-through, you know, not totally the, the physical mass that, you know, we're used to. And, sure. um, you know, she popped in and out, you know, she didn't walk out of a room like a normal person. It was what she would appear. Um, and then she would disappear. So it was very strange to get used to, but I knew that there was something different. I understood on a soul level what was happening, but I, I didn't understand death like someone else would, you know, the normal grieving process, the normal uh, loss of a loved one, you're never going to see them again is the feeling that people normally get. But I couldn't understand that. Even to this day, I still am not good with it just because I end up um, forgetting is the way that I describe it. You know, I'll go okay. to drive home, drive by my grandparents' house and, and totally forget that they've been gone for 10 years. Well, that's really interesting. I mean, the idea that you haven't had to deal with uh, well, the, the regular grieving and death process like the rest of us have, like what idea like, so when my grandma died, that was it. Right. Like she wasn't in the room or nothing like that. Like she was in the ground. So right. that, that, um, that's an interesting perspective. The fact that your entire life, uh, yes. you, you see dead people. Right. All My right. Entire life. So that's where you're coming from, Stephanie. Now, Porter, yes. where are you coming from? Do you see dead people as well? You know, not the same way that, uh, that Stephanie uh, sees them or maybe not as often, uh, although there have been times. Often, but there have been times things have gotten real weird lately. That's that's the thing about it. So, you know, I mean, throughout my life, you know, I have I grew up in a a strict Christian home, uh, you know, very faith based, you know, very firm belief. And, um, you know, I've been around death all my life. You know, my my father's a preacher, uh, pastor of the church. So, you know, I've always been around that. And, um, you know, what the interesting thing was is that everybody you talk to, and, and typically in the South, you know, you, everybody gets together after the funeral, after the wake, and all that stuff. And you hang out, you talk, you kind of reminisce. And, sure. And uh, it's it's funny to hear everybody has a ghost story, whether they believe or not. They have a story about something that they can't explain. No, speaking from like a, like a Southern Baptist perspective or whatever, so they're cool with these ghosts, or they don't think it's you know like the devil coming, like taking the form of somebody that. Well, I mean, there's different thoughts. You know, there's there's I, I don't think. Uh, you know, I don't think we, tr- you know, as far as from that aspect of it, we don't truly know, uh, because you know, it, even the Bible tells us that there are demons among us, and what better way for a demon to try to deceive us and to appear to us as someone we loved and lost in life and make us think that they still walk the earth in that form? Well, I absolutely believe it because I've dated them. Yes, yes, I was I was married to one. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but um, you know, that's the thing about it. Though you hear these stories throughout life and. And so it makes you curious, you know, and so so I had this curiosity that that I wanted to know why everybody had these stories. And, and there's got to be some kind of common ground, some kind of common connection. And there has to be something to it. And then years later, um, when I was in college, I was at home at my parents' house one night or one weekend. I got up and I smelled breakfast. I could smell, you know, the eggs, the bacon, the, you know, the, the biscuits and all that. And when you're in college and you come home for breakfast, it's even better. It is like, better. Like it's way better than being like a kid. And be like, oh, <laughs> breakfast just happens. No, when you're in college, you're like, oh my God, somebody has to make breakfast happen. So, yeah, yes. And somebody's making breakfast for you, and but just don't come home smelling like booze. That's the thing. Don't. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but I mean, I, I walked in the hallway, and and you know, it had been a night that had been, you know, I'd been home, I hadn't been out running around. But I looked, at, I looked in the kitchen, and I saw what I thought was my mom. And I could see her moving. I could hear the skillet. I could hear the ceiling, or the uh, the exhaust fan running. I could, I, mean, I could hear everything. So I went to the bathroom, freshened it up. Couldn't have been there more than 30 seconds. 
uh, you know, splash some water in the face, wash my hands, yada, yada, yada. And I walk out and the odor's gone. There's no sound. There's no smell. There's no nothing. And so I checked everywhere that I would normally look. There was no breakfast there. I yelled for my parents. They weren't there. Uh, and finally, I, I thought, well, I'll call and see where they're at because their car's gone. So I called them and I said, hey, where's, where'd you do breakfast? My dad's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, y'all were, mom was just in here cooking breakfast and she'd always leave me a plate in the microwave and there's not one in there. What did y'all do with it? And he's like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. So I heard a commotion. My mom got on the phone and she's like, what are you saying? And I said, oh, I just got up. You were in here cooking breakfast and I was going to eat some. And she goes, honey, we're, we're shopping. We've been shopping for hours. I said, I just saw you. You were standing at the, at the stove in a pink house coat cooking breakfast. And she said, number one, I don't own a pink house coat. Number two, if somebody's in that house cooking breakfast, call the police and get out. <laughs> I was like, well, I'm going to eat first if I can find the food, you know? <laughs> right. But I mean, that, that really made me curious because that was my first true vivid experience. And I really wanted to know what else was out there. Well, that's awesome. That's a couple of very different introductions to the weird yes you know for, first of all one like okay you grew up with it and the other like okay I, I i found this out later in life like not even you know like high school experimenting like whoa we play with a ouija board and all of a sudden i talk it was like hey i, I saw somebody what i was hoping making me bacon didn't happen but okay so <laughs> the, it was a bacon ouija board that's what it was <laughs> right so how did you move into uh, wanting to research this more. Now, I know, Stephanie, I've listened to you on the, the South Coast, the Paranormal South Coast Radio. Yeah. What's called? Spooky South, it, uh, Spooky South yep. Coast. And you're in Massachusetts. I am. Okay. So how did you get involved in your various, like, and Scott on the Tennessee Wraith Chasers and eventually doing stuff on Destination America? How did you guys get involved in uh, not just being interested in this kind of stuff, but then moving it to a place where you're comfortable with sharing with everyone that, mm -hmm. okay, hey, I look for ghosts. Hey, I see dead people. Hi. <laughs> like, well, how'd you guys get into that? That's a great question. Um, so not only could I experience all of this stuff, but it was always a fascination of mine. You know, anything to do with a ghost story or um, a lot of like, even like true crime stuff uh, fascinated me, you know, growing up and um, God, I, I just told the story the other day, but I, I had this weird almanac, which was all about vampires and werewolves and ghosts and all these crazy stories. And I used to hide it in like in between my textbooks. Okay. My parents think I was doing homework, but I'd be reading it. So I, I loved all of it. And, you know, any type of, you know, TV show around the Halloween time that, um, would come on, I, I was obsessed. And, uh, I started to move into, um, you know, as I get older, I, I was the kid with the haunted house, so that didn't really help me any either. My house was built in 1792. It was part of the Underground Railroad. It was like Grand Central Station. I had ghosts walking in and out the entire time. None of my friends wanted to come over. Uh, so that, that didn't really add to my story very well. As far um, as your parents, though, were your parents yeah. like okay with everything? Or were they like, did you, did you share with them the fact that you could see things or that you were having experiences? Were they like, oh, that's, we have experiences too, or we get it? Or, the, you know, or, were they weird about it? So, like, how did your parents deal with the fact that you were living in a haunted house built? I mean, 1792 in Wisconsin, that's, you know, before right. Any, right, any of the settlers or whatever are here. And it, me as a Polak, I'm like, 1792, I think we were still, you know, hauling dirt in Warsaw <laughs> or whatever. So, uh, uh, so well, how did your parents deal with it? 
so I, uh, that, that's another great story. Um, my entire life, I, <laughs> I would do things to my parents that would drive them absolutely insane. My mom actually has a gift and wants nothing to do with it. And my dad was a ghost hunter. You know, he was taking pictures with infrared film on really, really old cameras in like the 60s and 70s. And I remember finding them as a kid and he would always tell ghost stories or he had the same obsession and fascination with the ghosts that I did. And it was fine to talk about it in that sense. But when I started to do things to my parents that really you know, brought out the abilities that I had, it kind of freaked them out a little bit. My, they never told me I was wrong, not until I was older. Um, but when I was very little, gosh, there's, there's a VHS tape out there. And I know, uh, Porter and I have talked about it a bunch of times. I'm going to have to find it and, you know, take a video of it. So that way I can post it out to the world, um, of me at Christmas, I was two and I would pick up every single box that they would hand me and it's wrapped and say, Oh, thank you, mom. Thank you, dad for this. And I would say exactly what was in the box and then just hand it off to them so they could unwrap it because they already knew what it was. And I'm still like that to this day. Nobody can hand me something without me knowing what's inside. Of a present so everybody hates me because you can't surprise me um that's a good that's so, a good tip yes <laughs> like don't yes. don't bother you know just, just put up an right. amazon wish list because don't right. you know no surprises yeah so um my my father would kind of you know just deal with my abilities and kind of brush them off because he's he's a hardcore skeptic and uh around the time that john denver died and i can't remember exactly how old i was i remember sitting down and this is you know before the days of the internet and um, you know, you had the news, but the news was behind because nothing was instant at that point. And, uh, I sat down and I just said, you know, daddy, who is John Denver? And he told me, you know, that he's a singer and everything else, you know, about him. And I said, oh, okay, well, he just died in a plane crash and he didn't know what to do with himself. He was, you know, how do you, how do you know that that's not true? That's and pretty I just, cool. And I started to I mean, explain. Not cool for John Denver, obviously. Right, no. right, right, right. So it, I think as soon as it came out, he came back, back to me and said, how did you know that? And he like sat me down all serious, you know, hands on my shoulders and needed to know. And I, you know, I explained to him how I know. And I was just explaining to him how my abilities worked and how I knew. And he just said, okay, so we're going to deal with this when your mother gets home. Um, I think that you might be psychic like your grandmother was. And at that point I felt, I can't even begin to describe the emotion I felt. It was a mixture between sadness and anger. Because I didn't know what psychic was, you know. Sure. I was very young. But, um, I remember feeling like my grandmother had something to do with this, but she already passed, so I'll never know. And I kind of just, you know, took that in. And, like, I understood, you know, kind of like on a soul level, but not really, you know, a logical level for how young I was. And um, I, we kind of left it alone after that. And um, Well, you had the grief for John Denver. And for, for you guys out there that haven't, if you're listening, so John Denver obviously was a singer in the seventies. I knew him because he like did stuff with the Muppets and that's how I figured out. But, <laughs> but, uh, but John Denver died in the 1990s or maybe it was the early two thousands in an ultralight crash. So an ultralight's like a personal flight vehicle kind of thing. It's basically like between like a hang glider and a little plane. And he, he died, you know, in the mountains as he used to like to sing about or whatever. Um, so the fact, I mean, you're, so you're obviously younger than me, Stephanie, and the fact that you might yes. know who John Denver is or might know that he died bef like before the news said it or whatever, if right. I was your father, I would have freaked out too. Yeah, he totally <laughs> did. So, but he, but he let my mother handle it. And, uh, you know, 
after that, my parents would tell me all the time, the house isn't haunted. It's fine. You know, not a big deal. There's no ghosts because they wanted me to be able to sleep at night, make me feel comfortable. So it got to the point where I was probably about, you know, 15 or so. And I sat my mother down and I said, okay, listen, because I, I tried to run from my abilities at one point because I wanted to be accepted at school and, you know, be normal. And um, I didn't want to be that weird kid with a haunted house that talked to ghosts. So I sat my mother down and I said, okay, listen, she was a nurse for 20 plus years. And I said, you're going to either have to take me somewhere and have me evaluated and medicated, or you can tell me that this house is haunted. And she laughed at me and she started to tell me all about each spirit that was in the house and that she was able to see and communicate with. But she tried to bury it because she didn't want me to be afraid. And um, my poor brother for years never said anything, but he was experiencing the same thing. And um, but I always fix it for him. And um, even now, you know, I haven't lived at home in a long time. He'll still call me if something's happening. I have to come fix it for him. So um, we finally sat down. We had the conversation. She told me about the family history. She told me about everything. And I felt so much better. But I still felt, how am I going to tell people about this? You know, I, I've had people my entire life that I've hid this from. Um, I think it was at the time, my high school boyfriend was the only one that knew about it. And it was just because he spent so much time with me that he noticed things that most people did not. Even, um, I, I had a great time, you know, explaining things away to my friends and just making it seem like I was really good at, you know, knowing what they were thinking or saying the same thing as them at the same time. It was just a coincidence. And or very, like, very uh, astute as to predicting their Christmas presents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, it, it, in middle school and high school, people used to call me fortune cookie because they would come to me for advice and it would come true. And I didn't realize what I was doing at the time, you know, being like 12, 13 years old. But that's what I was doing. And um, it kind of stuck. So. You know, it was out there a little bit, but not mainstream. Like, you know, once ghost hunters hit the air, it was a lot, you know, easier for everybody to understand that things are out here and there's people on TV that are, you know, out there, you know, hunting these things and, and looking for these things. But I was still terrified. And um, it wasn't until I think it was it was either my senior year in high school um, or my junior year in high school, I started listening to Spooky South Coast. And I said, oh, my God, there's people in this area that are just like me. And this was before... This was probably about 2005 or so. So Ghost Hunters had only been on the air uh, for about a year. And I started to realize that, you know, paranormal groups were popping up everywhere, probably all over the country, all over the world. And um, but these people were in my backyard. So I started to listen to the radio. And then um, fast forward, um, I think probably my first year of college, I went to the radio station uh, with a friend. And there was a medium on that night that was doing readings live on air. And um, I was sitting in the background and anybody that's been in a radio station, especially one that hasn't been updated, you know that you can't hear the caller unless you have the headphones on. Right. So because they have two stations there, one has it, you can hear it throughout the speakers. But we were in the one that you cannot hear unless you have the headphones on. And she was doing readings and she was starting to struggle a little bit because it was toward the end of the night. And um, I was just, you know, looking at my phone, playing on my phone, waiting for the radio show to be over so I could talk to everybody. And I was way back in the corner and I just popped up, not paying attention and said, you're talking to my brother on the phone. You're trying to connect with my grandfather. This is what he's trying to piece together for you. And basically just told her everything and then looked back at my phone and everybody in the room just sat there and didn't know what to do or say. They continued on. Right. So they're like, well, let's get this chick off the air. And like, right. you, <laughs> you should come here because obviously she's not figuring it out. So, so I, I didn't. I Go back to the psychic fair, honey, or whatever. We, like, oh my goodness. <laughs> so, uh, we got off the air, you know, they got off the air, they, they finished their thing, and I walked up to say goodbye, and my friend Tim, who's the host of the show, said, hey, 
when you decide to finally come out of the closet and be comfortable with what you do, I want to be your first interview. And I remember thinking, how does he know? And I walked out. I didn't know until they released the video on YouTube afterward what I had done. And I basically outed myself to the world and didn't mean to, but I could still keep it under wraps at that point. And um, I tried to ghost hunt to kind of really get a feel for the, the, you know, the phenomena of, you know, yeah. everything that's on it. And, and I, <laughs> I wasn't very good at looking at equipment because I was constantly connecting and I was constantly, you know, seeing, you know, spirit here, feeling energy there, having a conversation. And I finally, um, I don't remember when my true, you know, out to the world type of, um, situation was, but I, I gradually moved into it and I had the support from a ton of people who, you know, said, I want to work with you here. I want to work with you there. But it wasn't until, um, it wasn't until I filmed for TLC's Kindred Spirits with Amy Bruni and Adam Berry that that was my true, you know, here, here it is national television. I can't hide from it anymore. And that was really terrifying for me because I had hit it for so long. And I always said, I never wanted to be out there in the spotlight, but if I had a chance to help someone, then I would do that. And so that's when what you, when you came out, like that where yep. people like hey what are the lottery numbers or is my girlfriend cheating on me or like so what kind of things do people ask you when you're saying i've been trying the lottery numbers for months now <laughs> right. she won't do yeah um, like what's so, the so mega bucks or whatever like what so do, what kind of questions do people ask you if they think you're psychic or if they think you're they're reading your minds you know like do you find people treat you differently uh yes absolutely um i think you know, closer friends of mine will never ask me anything, even if they need help. And I think it's just because they, they forget that I do this sort of thing and they try to respect and not be like everybody else. Um, I get the constant questions. People always want to know about their love life. People always want to know about financial situations. So that'll be the, the most common thing that people ask me. But the, the true, uh, you know, first question from everyone and anyone doesn't matter who they are is they want to hear from a loved one because the grief is just so heavy. And I try to help as much as possible with that aspect of things because I know how much that, that can hurt. I've lost a lot of people. And like I said before, even though my, my sense of death isn't the same as everyone else because I know it's not totally final, it still hurts just as much. I'm still human. So what happens, like, so let's say that somebody's, you know, like you said, the first thing people want to know is, hey, is my grandma okay? Or is my you know, right. my mother finally happy on the other side or whatever? Right. Is my dad not so much of a prick? Um, <laughs> so like what happens if you can't, if you don't see anything or you're like, Hey, that person's not communicating with me or something like, have you had to tell people, uh, like, sorry, mom's not talking or anything like that. Or, or, or maybe mom's still judging you like, no, your mother still thinks you're a failure. So they always want to know if they're okay. And if they're happy, that's, that's the number one question. And I kind of skip over that a lot because I just assume everybody knows that they're okay. And I've had to, you know, rewind myself at times and like let people know and reassure them. Cause I always forget that that's the most common thing that people do want to know. Um, when it comes to spirits on the other side, you know, they've crossed over, they kind of let go of their human emotions. You know, if you have a blowout fight with someone and they die the next day, you know, we're left with the guilty feelings. We're left with right. what if they're not. And, you know, so mending that, that's actually really common. You know, people will come to make sure that they can, you know, tie up those loose ends and like, you know, really mend the relationship. But once they've crossed over, they don't care about that. They just care about your, your well-being and, you know, full of love for you. And so you think that spirits, once they cross over, are not as angry as they are when they're here. So they feel like, hey, you know, it's, it's all right. Because usually we think about ghosts. We think about ghosts that have been created or something because of a tragedy or because of it, you know, something horrible happening. And you're saying 
that in the, your experience goes to like, whatevs, I'm dead. Well, you're, you're talking about two <laughs> different things. Okay, so you have yeah. past friends that have crossed over, you know, onto the other side, not hanging around. They can come back and visit whenever they want. Ghosts, meaning earthbound spirits, are still here and they still hold on to their human emotions and they still have, you know, a lot of their personality. You know, they're going about their business as if they were when they were living. That's two sometimes. Totally- sometimes they're making porter breakfast. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. But it wasn't good. I didn't get to try it. What the heck? <laughs> right. No, no fair, ghost. Yeah, no fair. Ghost jerk. The, the most that they do get is, you know, the concern for us here. They don't lose their personality usually, though, when they go to communicate. So if someone was a jerk here, they're going to kind of be jerky on the other side, too. Sure. So that doesn't really change. But I have had um, instances where um, very few, I want to say maybe two or three in, gosh, the 15 years that I've been doing this, that... Um, I can describe them to a T. I can tell the person that I'm reading exactly, you know, this is what they look like. You know, this is kind of like their mannerisms and everything else. Here's a few bits of information. But if they're stubborn and they, you know, they're either not comfortable with the process because it's the first time that someone's connecting to them or they don't really know what to do, which is kind of common sometimes. If, you know, the person's never been read before, they've never talked to a medium before, sure. then that can be a little awkward at times. But usually the second or third time, you know, people, they, they get a little, uh, more comfortable and they can communicate but it, it doesn't happen. i'm just looking for one to do laundry <laughs> like we want to help out around the house would be great yeah right? help out the house you know cut grass do laundry you know or I, t- I tell you so my daughter is 15 months old so i think about like daycare expenses and stuff like if, if a ghost could come in like i would be happy to hire an illegal immigrant ghost or whatever like i would be completely comfortable <laughs> with that uh to save me some bucks so what's the most surprising thing that um, you think a spirit has said to you where you were like, hey, I didn't see that one coming. Or, you know, like, hey, uh, like somebody came through and said something where you're like, oh, I don't know if I should say this to the person or whatever. Is, is, is that kind of situation happened where it's like, oh, they're still full of love, but. Most awkward. Um, and it's tough because I, I can't think logically when I do that. Um, I think. I can think of a couple instances, but there was one time where I had to repeat exactly what they were saying and I didn't understand what it meant, but I said, I just need to say this to you. You know, unbeknownst to me, I was swearing in Italian. Um, So I said the F-bomb. So that was fun. There was another time where um, I have this spirit that comes through pretty regularly and um, he complains about his daughter to his son all the time. Um, And that can get, you know, a little awkward doing that crowd, especially. Um, and you know, they'll say, you know, cause they'll express their disappointment and I'll, I'll have to say, Hey, you know, um, dad's not really happy with how your sister's acting. And like, I have to say it how it is because it's not up to me to interpret it. It's just sure. up to me to deliver the information exactly how it is. Because if I sugarcoat something and your, your past loved one is swearing in Italian, you know, that's their personality. That's, what's going to make that person feel validated. You know, who am I to change the story? So that's not up to me, but, um, I've had, you know, other instances where, um, you know, an ex-boyfriends come through to somebody and the husband's sitting right next to the person, uh, you know, just weird situations that we consider strange, you know, in the human form, sure. but, uh, you know, it, it usually gets awkward and I try to make light of it at least to make everybody feel comfortable, but okay. it, it does get interesting. Hmm. It, it gets pretty funny. Hmm. Well, the, I, I, I'd always think that the, uh, the family secrets or whatever coming through Oh, that, yeah. I mean, that's the most validation you can get because right. it's like, oh yeah, well, I'm not your real mother. What? You know, like, you know, something like <laughs> oh, my goodness. thrown out there. 
Um, yep. And then you're like, well, hey, I, you didn't make that up or whatever. Like that was what was. Right. And hey, that's what she said, man. Like I'm just here. <laughs> like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm Whoopi Goldberg and Ghost. Uh, okay. So Porter, how did you get um, from seeing the lady in the pink house coat, then to being like, okay, well, I'm going to now travel with a team and um, be okay with putting my picture all over the television and stuff like that with as as a as a guy that goes out and does this how did you get there well you know it, it's funny because you know you 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 have these experiences and you you think gosh there's no one else out there that's that's going to be like me they're gonna people are gonna think i'm crazy they're gonna think i'm nuts uh you know and so I, well i am I mean, you know uh, you too but uh you know we, we're, we're a nutty pair at this point we've been sure. traveling for a while with each other so um but yeah, it's, it, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy because you start thinking like that and, and, and you wonder if there's anybody else out there that's experiencing this stuff. And then, um, I can remember when my grandmother passed away, um, I walked into the room the day she died. And when I walked in, she looked at me and, and she said, who's that old man? And my mom looked at me and, and I was looking at my grandmother, looked back at my mom. My mom's like, that's, that's Scott granny. And she goes, oh, I know it's Scott. Who's that old man with it? And I was like, and of course, both of us, my mother and I both, we looked around like, what is she seeing? Oh, yeah, that, that the deathbed apparitions kind of thing that you hear about that all the time. Well, I mean, we hear about it all that time because we're weirdos, but like regular people don't hear about that all the time, right? But it was, yeah, it was crazy. And, and, and the other thing that was real unique, and of course, I have a medical background too. So the thing that was really unique about my grandmother when she passed, her heart would actually stop beating. She would be in asystole, uh, no electrical activity in her heart whatsoever for a minute. And the entire time she would be sitting there talking to you and you could, you could literally watch her, her as her heart started beating again, you could see it in her neck and, and then you'd see it stop and, and you would just wait, but she would just keep talking. Um, and she was always talking about her relationship with God and her, her, her experience with, with God. And, and it was just amazing to, to, to watch that and see that. And then to hear her talking about there being some old man with me. Um, so take, take that story and spring forward with all the other crazy stories I've had. Um, you know, a buddy of mine, Doogie, we hung out together, worked out together. Um, and you know, we had uh, an interest in the, in the paranormal and he had bought a house that was haunted and we used to see things happen there, hear stuff happen. And we always said we needed to set up cameras and try to catch it. Of course, we were sitting around there watching ghost hunters on TV and you know, that's where, who, that's who we were idolizing at that point. And, you know, and it was, it was, it was like, we got to figure out how to do this stuff here. And, and so what, so you're living in Tennessee. Yep. What part of Tennessee, like rural, city, or like what what areas? Kind of rural, out, outside of Nashville. And you're right, okay. So you're living outside of Nashville, the rural yep. area. You're watching the ghost hunters, and you're like, "Yep, we can do that. We got to do this, you know." <laughs> but not on TV. We just got to do this for ourselves. And so, you know, we kind of, you know, kind of all of us went our separate ways, you know. And I, I knew Chris from church, and but we all different different ways. And then Chris ended up on uh, Ghost Hunters Academy. And then he uh, he didn't go back for the second season. He came back to Tennessee and tried to start you know start his own team, uh, the Tennessee Wraith Chasers, with some guys that he uh, worked with at the newspaper. And then uh, he ran into Doogie one day at the hospital and was talking to Doogie about it. And Doogie got involved and said, you know, I would like to join. And and so then Doogie called me and asked me if I want to get into it. And uh, I was like, heck yeah, man, we've always talked about that. So um, you know that's kind of how we started the team. And then. Uh, uh, down the road, we were posting some of our evidence and some of our experiences on online on our webpage and on YouTube, and 
uh, one day we got an email that asked if we were interested in, or would be interested in doing our own TV show. And I think we deleted it the first time. We thought it was just a joke. And, uh, and then they reached back out to us again. And, and so we responded, you know, still thinking it was a joke. And, and lo and behold, here we are today, uh, 50, 50 episodes later. <laughs> uh, still, still hunting. That's fantastic. So when you guys do the TV stuff, like what kind of input do you get from, so as the historian, obviously you have vetted the venues, vetted the places you go to and check that out. And then you participate in the investigations. You go through that. So how much input uh, do the TV producers have or whatever when they're like, all right, juice this up. Like, hey, we haven't seen anybody like put a stick an old woman in a corner or something like that. Like, <laughs> so what? Like, how do they do that? Because I'm always interested because sometimes, you know, you watch ghost adventures or whatever and they'll make, um, you know, like Zach feels a tingle in his arm and then like you wait for 15 minutes like, Zach felt a tingle in his arm and he's like, what's up, brother? I felt a tingle in my arm, man. <laughs> and, you know, so yeah. how do you juice it up or, you know, are you finding that um, you're allowed to present your results to the world mostly unmolested? Well, that's what, that was one of the things that we started out. When we, when we first agreed to do the show, uh, we told them, we said, you know, and, and Tremendous and Destination America have been fabulous with working with us because we told them that if we're going to do the show, we want to take the viewer on the experience that we have. We want them to experience what we experience. Uh, we don't want to manufacture. We want if it, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Uh, I mean, even when we were filming our pilot episode, uh, Ghostland Tennessee, uh, we had a, uh, a show, a, a producer that was on set uh, that was really getting bored. He was he was you know getting tired of things happening. Which is, not ha I mean, and that's 95 percent of ghost hunting It's like, that's all right, it. guys, let's. You know, I hope that's, you brought words with friends or whatever on your phone because that's what you're gonna be doing. <laughs> Got it? Because I mean, this stuff doesn't happen on command. So, uh, but but this producer, he was he was really adamant about getting something to happen. And I finally, I sat him down and I said, "Listen, if you'll shut up and get out of our way, we'll do our job, and you'll get a TV show. But if you keep doing this crap, we're just gonna get mad and we're gonna take you in the woods and we're gonna whoop your butt." Right. And so. You're going to get a backwoods ass kicking. We're just, we're just going to whip your ass. That's what we told him. <laughs> so, so he sat down and sulked and, and got quiet. And uh, we started doing our investigation. And lo and behold, uh, we had something go down and ended up with a, what I like to call the booger in the box. It was the first episodes where we had the devil's toy box. And I still can't explain that thing, man. That was ridiculous when, well, when that thing was scratched. For people that might not have seen it, why don't you set that up real quick? So... We, we were always talking about doing experiments and trying to find something that was different. And so uh, I think it was Chasey Ray that came to us. Uh, and we all used to sit around and talk about this stuff. And, and Chasey came and he said, man, I was reading about this thing called a devil's toy box where you take six mirrors and you face them inward and make a cube. And it's supposed to help you either communicate or the spirit gets inside of it and can't get away. Or, you know, he had read all kinds of stories. And so we were like, sounds like a good deal. Let's try it you know because we'll try anything once as long as it doesn't kill us we'll try it again right um, it's just mirrors you know, that's just mirrors uh what are they gonna do cut you um but anyway so we we decided to build this thing and we put it in this house that this family had issues they were having having things happen and they couldn't explain it and so we had this box sitting on the second floor of the house in the hallway and as we were doing our investigation it was very quiet then all of a sudden we started getting some activity around some of the meters the emf uh the the k2s the 
the, the male meters that were around it, the elf meters around it, we started seeing that there was some EMF building up around this devil's toy box. And so we got up there and we started asking some pointed questions. And, and at one point in time, I said, okay, we've got these meters all around the box. From my viewpoint, can you light up just the meters on the right-hand side? And they lit up. And I said, okay, that's a cool trick. Can you do the ones on the left-hand side? And the ones on the left-hand side lit up. And so then, so we're thinking, okay, we've got something that's really communicating with us, something that's you know interacting with us through these, these devices. And so I said, well, let's take this box and take it outside and see if whatever's there travels with us. So Chasey Ray and I picked the box up, and we're carrying it down the steps. And as we start to go down the steps, we feel something move inside of it. Now, mind you, there's nothing inside this box except for mirrors that are in a, in a wooden frame inside the box facing inward so that they can't fall in or move, and they're glued together. But how and big is it? It's a, Well, the, the actual cube is a foot by it's 12-inch tiles, 12-inch mirrored tiles in a cube. So it's 12-inch. It's okay. 12 inch by 12 inch and uh and the box is even bigger so the the box that it was inside because we had it set inside of a protective box and uh as we carried it down the steps we felt something move in it and i thought it was him and he thought it was me and when we figured out that it was neither one of us it, it kind of startled us and so we carried this thing outside and set it in the yard and it still had activity around it the temperature went to 66.6, which was kind of ironic because the temperature outside that night wasn't that cool. Okay. And so then we were like, okay, what are we going to do with this thing? And so uh, our producer that was on set, the one that we told you that's no longer around, um, well, he's working for Disney now. But um, he uh, he said, well, we got to blow it up. You guys are Tennessee boys. You got to blow this thing up. We're like, no, 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 no. We're not We're not going to blow this box up. There's that. There, no, we're not doing that. Right, you guys got to have some fireworks somewhere, don't you? Like a grenade or whatever? Some... Yeah, you got to blow it up. You got you to explode it. And I'm like, listen, if, if, if this thing actually worked and there's a booger in this box and we blow it up, then you're going to have a booger outside the box that's pissed and somebody's getting hurt. Right. That's why, for those of us up north, that... <laughs> a ghost in the box. Okay. Golly. I say booger all the time and she's like, what are you doing? Picking your nose? Well, it, it sounds like somebody sneezed in a box. Right, right? <laughs> are we talking a tissue box? Or what, what, what are we talking about? He's a bugger all the time. I'm like, what are you, what are you it's saying? It's a bugger. Don't you know It's like, no. I could say Hank. It's a Hank in the box. I still wouldn't know what that was. So you know, I oh, I hate. I just, I, I read, a, I just read a, um, a story about fairies in Tennessee. Yeah. Um, the Tufa. Or whatever, in, in, in Tennessee, Tufa is a, a particular. It's like a book series by a guy that from Tennessee, but he lives in Wisconsin, though. Okay. Uh, but he was talking about the haints that were visiting the Tufa. The the, so, the haints, and the, I, I thought you were saying tooth fairy at first. No, no, uh, Tufa. The idea is that there's a particular group of English and Irish that moved to Tennessee, right. and they have their their fairy folk that live. Their fairy. There you go. Uh, that's a that's a fun book series. But haint, that was, I mean, I heard that word before, but that's the word they use very frequently. So, very frequently. haint, or now I will call them booger. Booger. <laughs> I'll be like, hey, get that booger over here. And if you got a booger in a box, you got to look, make sure it's not a tissue, right? Right. Okay. Right. Make sure, make sure that it's slimer and not slime. Okay. That's so, you guys have done a bunch of investigations together now. Yes. And you also do. You know, like they have like, hey, you know, you can do an investigation with Porter and Stephanie and things like that. So right. when you guys do an investigation, 
Um, first of all, it's it's pretty handy to have a psychic around because most oh. of the people I hang around with, you know, don't see anything. Or I'm lucky if they can, you know, spell. Um, <laughs> so the idea. So how do you guys do an investigation? Like, how does this start out? What do you bring to the table? So for people who might be interested in checking out an investigation or just want to investigate your way, mm-hmm. what are some specific things you guys do when you set up to do an investigation? That is a good question. You know, we kind of go with the flow. You know, that's the thing is, is we, we get in there mm-hmm. and we, and the ones that we've done that we just kind of go with the feel, you know, you, you start your thing and, and, and I'm usually holding some type of device trying right. to watch and, well, and, I and track. I've, yeah. I've said multiple times that uh, God, Put him on this earth to do math for me for the rest of my life. Okay. <laughs> Anything scientific in equipment or here, figure this out or fix this. That's perfect. Um, because if I go into that type of environment, I'm not worried about equipment. I love, love, love the scientific way of doing things, you know, whether you want to call it scientific or not, but that's what people know it as. I don't mm-hmm. necessarily think I agree with that term, but um, you know, all the equipment's laid out. And I've always said, you know, you can have a bunch of meters laid out and 20 ghosts in front of you. It doesn't mean it's going to light it up. A piece of equipment just lighting up doesn't really excite me. But when there's something going on that can uh, coincide with me getting some type of, you know, activity or mm-hmm. speaking with a spirit or whatever, or if an EVP catches an entire conversation that I'm having with a spirit, you can hear me ask a question and hear it answer me at the same time that I am as well. Then that's validating for me. And that's what fascinates me. Because how, how am I doing that at the same time that equipment is picking mm-hmm. up? So. I particularly enjoy working, you know, with Porter for that reason. He already knows the, the history of the place usually, so he can tell me yes or no if I'm correct. Well, have you guys been to a place where you look at the history and you're like, oh, this place has got to be haunted? And then you get there, and Stephanie's like, uh, I, there's, there's nobody here. Like, let's, let's <laughs> go, like, let's just, let's just go to Dairy Queen or whatever, because there's nothing. I, I, I'm all for food. I mean, oh, it's usually McDonald's. McDonald's, yeah. McDonald's. Um, but, I, I like, I'm a huge history nerd, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we both are, and it actually annoys me, you know, going before, you know, uh, we go to a, a location, and you get to know all the history before I do, that's my number one question as soon as I'm done, is, oh my god, you know, tell me the history of this place, or, you know, if there's like a museum curator there, or, you know, there's like, you know, somebody that knows everything about the property mm-hmm. that we might not have found in um, any type of records, mm-hmm. then I love to know that stuff, because sometimes, I've always said I love to peel back that extra layer and find... Sure. The mystery behind the history, something that was lost in history, something that, you know, I can help piece together for someone. So mm-hmm. I love working with him for that reason, because, you know, he already knows all that stuff ahead of time, or he can deal with all the equipment and the flashing lights. And the two kind of go hand in hand and, and, and yeah. kind of meet in the middle, even though you weren't the biggest believer at first. Well, the best, yeah, true, true. But the best thing about it, though, is when you can take something that is a scientific type right. meter, and then you can see it interact as you're having your interaction, right? Uh, just like when we were, I can't remember where we're at now. We were using the uh, uh, the kinetics and that that spirit or whatever was there, and, right. and and somebody was saying that it was touching their their back, mm-hmm. and and you could you could see something, and then I was watching the kinetics. I could see it touch them, and I put my hand out. And I said, "Can you touch my hand?" Mm-hmm. And you could literally see it on the kinetics reaching toward me, and the arm of it stretching to try to reach toward me. Uh, I think that was one of the things. So just to explain the kinetics to the people who are listening. That's the camera that shows like the stick figures, right? Yes. Okay, and that's technology that kind of came from the Wii. Yeah, like, yeah, Nintendo Wii and yep. the Microsoft Connect and stuff like that. Or yeah, that's it. Right, that's it. I mean, I'll be on investigations and I'll be sending him video from where I'm at to have him ex- explain everything to me because yep. you know his his 
various degrees of everything he owns, you know, how things work. And why isn't this piece of equipment working the way I want it to? Well, did you do this, this, and that? Did you shut it off? You turn it on? Did you take the batteries out? Yes, I did all that stuff. Now, please tell me why it's still not working. All right, throw it away. It's not right. going to work. Just, exactly. just use your, just use your feels. So, <laughs> well, speaking of the feels, though, if if you have a, if if you can, you know, talk to spirits or at least get some kind of message from them. Mm-hmm. Um, what I want to know is, so we die, we just hanging around or what? Like, is it, what are people doing? Like, why are they haunting a place? Why are they still hanging out in the house when they could be somewhere better? Or, um, or Hawaii. Or Hawaii. Um, right. Why would you haunt a place in up north? I mean, up north Wisconsin is nice during the summer, but it's like, it's like negative 14 there right now. So you're, you're dead and you're still there. Why? You know, every spirit has a story, just like every person here story and i found you know you have the the typical you know thing that everybody believes i think because it was on casper was there's unfinished business i haven't come across that yet um you know some people are afraid to leave their families because they want to take care of them still there's other people um that depending on you know when they passed um their religious beliefs or their personal belief system um keeps them here or you know they expected something different um, you know, due to religious beliefs that they, they decide to stick around because they were waiting for a certain something to happen. Um, you know, sometimes you have, uh, you know, a tragedy that happens so quick that they almost get lost and confused and need help finding their way. Um, and, you know, it, it's a very, you know, spectrum. I mean, it's a huge spectrum of what, you know, from one end to the other, you know, it doesn't matter. Whatever their personal story is, it's always, always different. Um, I... I did a a case probably about close to 10 years ago where um, this poor woman was terrified of her home and, you know, the whole house would shake, you know, this stuff would happen, that stuff would happen. Very dramatic. And I said, okay, I'll come in here. I'll check it out. And um, I remember finding the spirit in the garage terrified. And, you know, I sat down, you know, who are you? What's your name? You know, trying to figure out their story. And they kept pointing outside the garage door. So I opened the back door and I looked out and I saw this shrine, which was due to a murder that happened with, you know, they, they made a whole, you know, candles and flowers and everything with the person's picture on there. Well, I start looking back and forth and I realized that the, the spirit standing in front of me, like the face matches the picture that's across the street. And he felt like he could not move on from what happened to him because everybody was still coming to that, that place every single night and mourning his death. And he wanted to be there every single night when they came. And I had to explain to him that it's fine. You can cross over. You can come back and visit whenever you want. And I kind of helped him along with this process. But it's always a different story for each spirit. And obviously very different from somebody that passed in the 1600s and 1700s to someone that might pass right now. Okay. So when you're talking to a spirit, like the idea of, to me, like I don't always get the idea of like, oh, go to the light or go to the next place or whatever. Can they go to the next place and then come back for a visit? Yes. Like, hey, I, I, you know, I was just in heaven or wherever it is or or Nebraska, wherever you go and be like, hey, I just wanted to stop in to, you know, make sure you weren't messing up the home or, uh, <laughs> you know, like the, that the new husband's not a total jerk or whatever. Right. Um, so, like, can they go back and or in your experience, the people you talk to, can they go back and forth? Yes, absolutely. Once they've crossed over, they can visit wherever they want. They usually go through a... Um, a learning curve, I call it, where they kind of have to get used to not being a physical body anymore and being 
you know, a bottle of energy instead. Um, you know, some spirits have told me that you have to sit down and kind of review your life, almost like, you know, reviewing a football tape after you just lost the game. Um, and going through, what was that for? I heard that jab. Uh, no. <laughs> I heard that. After you lost the game. Hmm. Um, so it was not a jab jerk. Um, <laughs> um, you know, reviewing the tape, so to speak, you know, reviewing, like, this is where, you know, this is where things went great. And, you know, this was a great deed that you did or, you know, different things like that, or just kind of reviewing everything. Um, and, but I get bits and pieces from them, I guess, because I'm not supposed to know everything because if I knew everything, then it would kind of defeat the purpose. Sure. And I was, we're not going to know everything until we get there, but I collect little pieces of information, you know, here and there from different spirits. So when you guys do an investigation, mm-hmm. like Porter, you were saying, like, you'll see something happen on the machines or whatever you use or the meters. And then like, while she's talking to them. Right. So yeah. like describe that in a way of like, so what kind of, what kind of meter are you using? And is it, she says something and then all of a sudden um, you'll like see the K2 pop up or whatever. Like, so, so how does that happen? Yeah, I mean, it could be any any piece of equipment that you're using. I mean, it could be, you know, if you're using a, a camera, a video camera, if you're using the kinetics, uh, the connects. Uh, what's what's your preferred? Gosh, man, you know, I, I, I vary. You know, it just depends. Um, right now, I have, uh, I've really enjoyed using some of the uh, electrostatic uh, uh, machines that pick up static energy, the uh, periscopes. Um, I enjoy playing with those a little bit because they're, they are, they're, they're, they're easier to see, um, and and they kind of they're kind of directional in where the energy's coming from, um, and then the um, the, uh, the the spirit boxes. I've I've liked using some of those, although you, you're not too crazy about those things. You're talking about uh, the, the thing in the blue light. Yeah. Uh, okay, so explain this. So what what do you mean by spirit box? It's a whole bunch of different ones that people talk about. So what which ones are you talking about? And also Stephanie, what you're complaining about. Well, yeah, the, the, the like the Frank's box, you know, those types oh, of things. Um, you know, those. I don't even like Frank. Really interesting experiences with some of those. Um, you know, I've had them actually call out names of people that were in the room that that I had never mentioned the name, uh, and even say their relationships with one another. I've had. Now, uh, is this the box that will shoot out random words like the ovulus or whatever, or is it the one that does the radio frequencies? No, 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 no. That's not the phonetic generator or the I'm not um, a fan of those, the SBX. Yeah, I feel like it's stretching at that yeah. point. Like, you know, sometimes they're interesting, but sometimes most of the time they're not. Yeah. The spirit box that you and I had the experience with, I think um, a friend of ours, mm-hmm. um, and it was actually very well made, and we, we tested yeah. it out um, that night. That was the first time we ever worked together. That was. And um, Where were you guys? A, we were actually, we're at the Sprague Mansion Sprague, in, yeah. um, in Cranston, Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had just gotten done with an event. And we headed over there because we had a you know uh, investigation that night, and um, we didn't, we both didn't really know what to expect. From it. No, well, it was it was, and it was just you know, excuse me, because I have no idea what the heck I'm talking about when it comes to this, but just uh, it, it sounded like just static at first. You it know? did, and it, it kind of evolved. So, so right when you, when you say spirit box, though, like let's get a so it's is it meant to capture an EVP or is it meant to be a a thing that a a spirit could like talk through electrically. How yeah. does it, how does yeah. it get through? Like it's odd. It's auditory. It's auditory. Yeah. It's a, it's a communication medium. I think what it is, is it's a communication medium. Uh-huh. Uh, no pun there intended. Um, but it's, it's a, it's a device where the spirit can use electrical energy uh, to make this device create words for it. So in other words, if, if, 
Stephanie can hear whatever's out there speaking to her. Mm -hmm. That same entity or energy can use its energy to make the box do something similar so that those of us who don't have that gift can actually hear what the Spirit has to say. It's almost like using the white noise and the energy in the room and pulling at that in order for us to hear their voice. It's very similar to how AVPs work. Um, Only AVPs you hear, you know, either live or or afterward, depending on what type of recorder you have. But this This particular, um, yeah, this is live. So if you're not a medium then, and and I'm interested in this too. Okay, so the message that you get through your head or a sixth sense or however that happens versus the message that you get in the spirit box. Like, what is there sometimes a different message or sometimes like the spirit box message comes out and says, uh, bad day. And then you're like, no, no, no. He meant to say, I hope you don't have a bad day. Like, so what's the, like, are there, are there various things that come out? Does, does the intention usually come out through the spirit box uh, to, to the norms like me? This um, yeah. Uh, was pretty accurate. Yeah, it was pretty close. Um, yeah. And I'm a, I'm a big skeptic, believe it or not. Yes, I talk to dead people for a living, but I don't believe in everything that comes across, you know. Right. And um, this this particular one, we were testing it out, and it wasn't saying anything. And my mm-hmm. friends had worked with this before, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, this isn't going to work. And uh, as soon as I opened my mouth and I asked it a question, it answered me immediately. Yep. And at that point, it kind of freaked me out a little bit because I thought, all right, well, let me keep going with this. And, you know, let everybody else ask something, nothing happened. And then I asked again, and it would only communicate with me, which was really strange. Okay. So we cut that a little bit. But yeah. that was um, that was when you didn't really know what I could do. Yeah, I was still trying to figure you out. Right. You know, you were still strange to me. Well, and also, I mean, to make sure, you know, because when somebody says they talk to dead people, if you don't talk to dead people yourself, you got to take that with a little bit of like. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, you, talk to, you talk to dead people, huh? What do you do? You go to the morgue and talk to a corpse? I mean, what are you talking about here? When right. I, first, I didn't think it would even, I didn't even think we'd be friends because yeah. we both come from two totally opposite backgrounds. Completely opposite. And uh, I just figured this is never going to work. You know, and, and that's the thing is that, well, you were already predispositioned. You already heard stories about me that, yeah. that I was just going to be this this horrible person to try to deal with. And um, and, and I am, you know, I have my faith and I have my belief and I, and yeah. I hold that tightly. And, but I am, I'm open to investigation and and looking and learning and trying to figure out what what are these what is everybody experiencing what is it that what is it that Steph's experiencing you know and and, and for me you're open minded but you need you need to be validated yeah you need the proof and and it's just like of course we don't talked earlier that we like history and we like, we like mm-hmm. going to these places and of course. we we were in San Antonio and for the uh, for the uh, the um, uh, Alamo City, City Comic Con and Ooh. so. We decided that one day we were going to walk over to the Alamo, and so we cut a trail and we walked over to the Alamo mm-hmm. together because you know we're both history nuts. We neither one of us have been to the Alamo. Right. We had to go, and so we're walking to the Alamo. And as we get to the sidewalk to cross the street, I step into the street, and I could immediately feel something. And that's something that I've noticed that you know when I'm doing investigations, you can you can feel if there's something around you or something changes in the it air. Change in the air, right? Yeah. And so I, I looked at Steph and I said, can you feel that? Yeah, you should probably correct that with more of like, he stopped abruptly. I kind of <laughs> ran into the back of him and he turned around and grabbed my arm like something was wrong. And I'm thinking, you're blindly following you. You're the big guy in a city I don't know. You know, you know what, what happened? What's wrong? Are we in danger? And he's like, do you he's feel like, that? He's like, Davy Crockett just touched my butt. Right. That, yes, I was right. scared. <laughs> so... I, uh, I, but of course I feel that, you know, we're getting closer to the place is all I kept thinking yep. is, you know, I'm feeling the energy as we're getting closer and closer. We didn't know until we walked in and saw the, uh, there's a model in there. Yes. 
this this whole table um and it shows you you know what it looked like when um when they battled when they had the battle right. going on. Um, well, and also all the ghost tours in San Antonio. First of all, I love San Antonio. What a beautiful, oh, yeah. beautiful. beautiful city. The Riverwalk, everything. Fantastic. Oh, right. yeah. Gorgeous. Um, and right now, I'm, I'm thinking about, like, oh, San Antonio is probably 65 degrees. Um, <laughs> but that's where the ghost tours meet up. They all meet up at the Alamo. So you have all those people, like, like the ghost city tours and the bus tours and everything. Yep. Like, that's yep. their meeting spot. And you got to think, even if there was no ghost there or whatever. People are putting so much energy and thought oh, yes. and everything every day for these tours. Um, like you're going to a place where people are hoping to have an experience every right. single day. Yeah. Well, I think that the thing that the, the point though, that we were making was that when we stepped in the street, we didn't realize that, that yeah, that's like what the exterior change. wall was of the island. That's where the battles of. Ah. It's like we had just stepped into, like, you know, right in front of that wall, you know, as if we just yeah. stepped inside of the, the fort area. And when we looked and it showed you, you know, where each person was set up and, you know, they're, they're basically like battle stations, really. Yeah. And uh, we realized where we were standing was when where a lot of, a lot of uh, the death happened. And, you know, we thought that was kind of weird. And we mm -hmm. went back a second time and it was a different vibe, but mm -hmm. it was it was still a creepy vibe. Um, we actually you know, those ghost tours were starting right outside the door of our hotel. So every time we would walk by them, we kind of giggle a little bit. Like, do you want to go over there and help them out a little bit? You're know? <laughs> like, hey, we don't do freebies. Right. <laughs> we have a few more minutes with you. So I, I, what is your most, I think, remarkable, or when you think to yourself, like, this is my favorite investigation, or this is the one that uh, I got the most validation from. Yourselves, when you think about your favorite investigations or favorite paranormal experiences, I'm interested to hear which they are. That's a tough question. I mean, there's I mean, been life-changing ones. Okay. I think life-changing is a good start uh, to where, you know, like, so like what's something that happened to you where you saw something or experienced something and you're like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to wake up tomorrow different because of it. Gosh, man, that's a tough one. But I think that, that some of the uh, more exciting stuff that we've done together is, is when we're doing like stuff for history. Yes. Just like we went to a, a large historic home here not too long ago. And as we were, we were in, in one, in the room there, we were looking at the room, looking at everything in there. And Stephanie said something to me about there's, there's somebody standing over there. Why is there somebody or somebody's in that room? Why is somebody in that room? And, and I'm like, well, I can't see them. And, and so then we walked around the corner and as we walked around the corner, there was another doorway looking in that room. I turned around and looked and I said, oh my gosh, she's sitting in the chair. And she snapped around and looked at me and she goes, that's where I saw what I saw. And I was like, okay, this is strange because now we've both seen the same thing. Because you didn't tell me you saw it in the chair until we got around the well, corner. Well, I didn't want to because I didn't want to yeah, and then, paint that picture for him. Um, I mean, that that stuff lately, stuff like that's been happening. Happened a lot. And, um, I think so you're how. starting to see more now. Instead of yeah. just having through spirit boxes or meters or things like that, like you're getting a little bit of psychic rubbed off on you. Yeah. Well, make it where I can't sleep at night. Right. <laughs> um. I mean, I even, uh, I, I had to go drop something off at my parents' house and I brought him with me and he was sitting in the car and I had my back turned toward the house. And this is the, the house that was built in 1792, the infamous house I grew up in. Dun, dun, and uh, yeah. looking for my keys to get in, looking at him, he's like, oh, your, your dad's standing right there. He's probably waiting to help you, you know, bring stuff in. I said, no, he's not. And he's like, no, he's standing right there. And I turned around and I said, no. He's not. And yeah, it's the that, guy with the tri-corner hat, you know. 
Yeah. Right, there. right. So I, I said, no, there's nobody there. And at that point, he was like, oh, no, he must have just walked back in. I went. My dad was upstairs. He had never come down. So, you know, he saw something and experienced something at the same house that I did, you know, growing up. And that kind of bothered him a little bit. Well, you know, that was that was different. But I think I think probably the most the most the craziest thing that's happened so far uh, with us working together is I turned around and I answered Steph and she looked at me funny and she was like, what? And I was like, well, you just said this, and I was answering you. And she says, no, I didn't say that. I was thinking it, but I didn't yeah. say it. I'm like, no, no, no. I heard it. It was your voice, and I heard it. You asked, and I answered. And she goes, no, I didn't say a word. <laughs> you don't want to see a Southern guy get really aggravated? Tell him. <laughs> Tell him you didn't say something you did. Like you yeah. just thought. Yeah, you... You know, like bread in the face trying to explain to me how he heard it. And I said, I did not say that out loud. Like I was busy working on my laptop or something. Like I was not even paying attention to him. And he turned his head around. Like, what? I'm like, you, you need to get out of my head. Right. Well, technically you should have gotten out of mine. I, I don't know who was in whose head, but right. I heard it was somebody's right. head. So, right. I don't know. <laughs> that's interesting though. Cause that's also uh, the thing about working together. Right. You yeah. know, like all of a sudden you're like, well, Hey, I'm working with a psychic. And like, sometimes she talks to me without talking. Okay. <laughs> right. Like that. That comes with the terrorists, but that's 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 the kind of thing where sometimes it's not the ghosts or the spirits that give the most interesting paranormal experience. It's right. the, it's it's the living people that you're working with that you're like, hey, I, you know, you you thinking about that song? Yeah, I'm thinking about that song. Or you know, you're thinking right. about a song and then somebody starts singing the chorus to it that you're standing next to that you had just you were just getting to the chorus in your head and you're like, stay out of there. Like, you don't, you don't want to see what's in here. Stay out. Um, yeah, like, really like horrible, catchy commercial because then I'll be. Really oh my gosh! It's horrible. <laughs> so people that want to learn more about what you guys do, uh, first of all, if you if you come out to the Hawaii Paranormal Convention, HawaiiParacon dot com, you can hang out with all of us. Uh, right in in so, paradise. Uh, yes. Friday the thirteenth of July. But if they can't make it out to the Big Island. How are they going to see what you guys are up to? Oh, gosh. We got um, a bunch. Yeah, we get a lot. Um, I know you can go to uh, my website, stephburke.com, and you can just click on events, and you'll see the full list of events of where we'll be this year. Um, that's yep. probably the easiest way to, to yeah. do that. Um, you know, we're both on Facebook. Um, mine is Work at Burke, and you are... Porter TWC or TWC Porter, actually. Right, yeah, yeah. TWC Porter. Yeah, TWC Porter, and I've got a list of events on there as well. Yep. And um, we're at almost 20 events together this year. Yeah. All over. Uh, we'll be in Philly. We'll be in Utah. We'll mm -hmm. be in Michigan. We'll be... We'll be in the Bahamas on the Wraith Cruise. Yeah, that's right. We'll be in the Bahamas. Oh, are you we'll guys be... coming to the the Michigan Paracon in August? Yep. Oh, fantastic. We'll probably see it. It's Sault Ste. Marie. That's, I went to that yes. one for the first time last year. It really was fun. I heard it's awesome. Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, it's it's... It's the biggest thing in Sault Ste. Marie all weekend. So it's like everybody there is a weirdo. You're going to have an awesome time. Oh, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> it's really good. But we'll be, we'll be in Virginia. We'll be in... Yep. Uh, Virginia twice. We'll be at the Dunlora and at the Silver Thatch. Right. Um, we're going to be at... We'll be in uh, Rhode Island. <laughs> Fort Mifflin, Fort Adams, uh, USS Olympia, Mount Washington. Oh, yes. Mount Washington in New Hampshire. We'll be yep. uh, coming up in April. April. We'll be in St. Augustine, Florida yep. at some point. So anyway, it, it sounds like I got to talk to your agent because yeah. whoever's booking you is kicking ass. <laughs> yeah, John. 
John Brighton is awesome. Yeah, Bright Star Promotions is awesome. Fantastic. Well, you guys, we're going to have links to this stuff at othersidepodcast.com slash 179. Stephanie and Porter, I got to say thank you very much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. You know, I've never been to the Lizzie Borden house, Wendy. Have you? I have not either. No, I'd I'd like to go check it out sometime. And, And that's the thing. These places, like... Places where like murder, like horrible murders happen. You know, in in Iowa, in Velasca, Iowa, they have this place called the Velasca Axe Murder oh. House, and it's it's actually it's a bed and breakfast you can stay over. <laughs> but like Axe Murder House is well, so is the Lizzie Borden place is a bed and breakfast. Yeah, thing. yeah. But but Axe Murder is in like the URL, wow, the website for the place. It's like, hey, come stay it's, at the Axe Murder House. Seems so odd to have a tragedy as part of your marketing campaign. Right, right, and so um. Stephanie's done investigations at Lizzie Borden House uh, with the uh, the kindred spirits people. And so when I was looking into Lizzie Borden House, that made me think like, man, it is a weird thing. Because I've done it, like a place where people are murdered. Like, yeah, I'm like, let's go stay there. You know, we have that kind of fascination, that morbid, I mean, morbid curiosity. Definitely. And we're hoping to see something from somebody where something a horrible event took place there. And I don't know, just uh, I was thinking about that. I'm like, yeah, I'd stay at the Lizzie Borden House. Hell Yeah. <laughs> Or I was thinking about that, like the axe murder house. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably stay overnight there. Um, and so for this week's song, it's, it's kind of about that, that, that morbid curiosity uh, where you want to stay in the places where horrible things have happened. This song is called Spend the Night. I'll spend the night in the killer's bed Gonna spend some time in the head I'm here to speak to the dead And I'll spend the night I'll spend the night in a murder scene Hoping some rubs off on me No, I don't get queasy And I'll spend the night Is it a fear I want to face? Is it the memory of the chase? Is it the blood I want to taste? I just don't know Is it a lust for the profane? Or dream of the insane Well, we just can't explain So we'll spend the night On the battlefield Where the wounds never heal We'll see what the worms reveal When I spend the night I'll spend the night With a gallows pole In my hand Sharon's oboe I'll sleep in a six foot hole and I'll spend the night 
Is it a fear I want to face? Is it the memory of the chase? Is it the blood I want to taste? I just don't know. Is it a lust for the profane? Or a dream of the insane? Well, we just can't explain, but we'll spend the night. So we just can't explain and we'll spend the night Yeah, we just can't explain but we'll spend the night Oh, we just can't explain so we'll spend the night Thank you for listening to today's episode. You can find us online at othersidepodcast.com. Until next time, see you on the other side. We're creeping up on our first Patreon hangout of the year, Mike. It's coming soon. Fant- fantastic. When are we going to do it? I don't know. Why don't we look at the calendar and pick a date? <laughs> okay. All right. Well, if there's any dates that work for you guys, please post it in the Patreon. You can do that otherside slash donate goes to the Patreon. If you would like to join us, also that otherside slash donate is where you can join up, become part of the Patreon, hang out, have paranormal conversations. We talk about movies, haunted stories, uh, and then also the people in the Patreon suggesting topics. And it's a lot of fun. So make sure you check that out. And I got to say, speaking of spend the night, we got to spend some time with Ned, Dr. Ned, on Saturday night. Thanks, Ned. Yes. So uh, Ned's at the Patreon level where he gets gets a shout out in every single episode and also gets to party with the band. (laughs) (laughs) So Wow, uh, what a treat. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Dr. Ned, for all your support. Thanks, Ned. And thanks to each and every one of our Patreons. You guys make this show happen and we absolutely appreciate it. It sounds like somebody sneezed in a box. Davy Crockett just touched my butt.